Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. This week, I'm continuing with part two of my four-part series on healthy weight management. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I really encourage you to stop this podcast and go back to last week's episode where I talk about some of the hormones that are involved with digestion and glucose metabolism. And I focused on insulin, ghrelin, and leptin. And so if you haven't listened to that podcast, I really encourage you to do that now because that will form the basis for what I'm talking about today. Today, I'm focusing on insulin. So I introduced insulin to you last week, and many of you will have heard of insulin before, of course, because it's it's talked about quite a lot in the context of diabetes. And I wanted to talk firstly about how insulin works. So most people probably know that it's released by the pancreas and it's released by the pancreas in response to an increase in the glucose in the blood. So generally that will happen when we've eaten something. So glucose will go into the blood and so the pancreas goes, oops, I better get some uh, insulin out. And what that insulin actually does, I often describe it to patients as being the key to unlock the cell so that the glucose can enter the cell and then get used for energy. But actually what it does, it activates a receptor in the cell membrane called GLUT or G-L-U-T-4. And that allows the glucose and actually transports the glucose from the uh, cell membrane down into the cell itself. So when we're constantly eating high, particularly high carbohydrate foods and sugars and things like that, you're constantly getting that trigger for the uh, pancreas to secrete insulin. So insulin's just constantly being secreted in response. And if the cells don't need the glucose, remember we have stores for glucose which are called glycogen and we have a limited capacity for that and that's in our muscles and our liver and if we don't need that excess glucose then it's converted to fat and remember from last week we have an unlimited capacity to store fat and we have no inbuilt or automatic way to eliminate that fat For us to eliminate fat, we actually have to work to do that. There's nothing that the body will say, oops, that's enough fat. We're just going to eliminate everything through the feces or whatever. So we will just keep putting on fat because we, in history, needed it as much as possible to keep us alive. So uh, we have these enlarged, some might say engorged fat cells. uh, And what happens is these fat cells actually have fewer insulin receptors. So you have this situation where the pancreas keeps secreting insulin and there are decreased insulin receptors because we're putting on uh, more and more fat cells. They're getting engorged. They don't have as much capacity to utilize the insulin and therefore the insulin doesn't work as well and we start to get this thing called insulin resistance. 
And what happens at the same time is you get then increased blood glucose levels, which is still stimulating the pancreas to produce more insulin. So you get increased levels of glucose in the blood and increased levels of insulin or um, it, depending on what your insulin levels are in terms of how uh, your capacity for your pancreas to keep producing, you may actually start to drop those insulin levels and need insulin supplementation through uh, injections. So research tells us that overweight people require more insulin to maintain a normal blood glucose level because of, we have fewer receptors. So in fact, when they've done studies, there's multiple, multiple studies been done on this since about the 60s. So this has been researched for a really long time. And we know that overweight people need about three to four times more insulin to maintain a normal blood glucose level compared with non-overweight people. So because of this, you have this constant secretion of insulin and the pancreas just becomes exhausted. As I mentioned, it starts decreasing insulin production because it just doesn't have the capacity anymore. And then over a period of time with, of this going on, unfortunately, type 2 diabetes can be the result of that. And also insulin, because I mentioned last week, the body is just this holistic, connected machine. So... You can't have imbalance in one part and not have imbalance somewhere else, unfortunately. So often at the same time, what happens is you get increased cholesterol, you get um, increased adrenaline and cortisol being produced, and that increases your blood pressure. Uh, you get this, uh, and also you keep getting this increased fat synthesis. So more and more fats getting built up. Your blood pressure is going up. Your cholesterol is going up. As you can imagine, your risk of cardiovascular events is going up, like heart attack, stroke, um, what we call peripheral vascular disease. You can also get increased blood clotting. So that would make you more um, susceptible to getting a DVT, like a deep vein thrombosis. So if you do travel a lot particularly long haul and in Australia to get anywhere really you have to go long haul uh, so it does increase your um, risk of getting DVT and also this other influence on hormones so increased insulin will also decrease your melatonin so you're probably aware melatonin is your sleep hormone so that can interfere with getting good quality sleep it also decreases your human growth hormone and your, it's another hormone, it's got a really long name, I'm just going to call it DHEA, so this gets decreased as well. And this can lead to increased inflammation and you've probably, if you're a long time listener, you would have heard me talk about inflammation quite a bit because inflammation is hugely important as a, a mechanism for chronic disease and pretty much any Chronic condition can be brought back to inflammation. Anything from allergies to cancer to anxiety to depression, the list, I could just go on and on and on. So as well as having you know, increased cholesterol, increased blood pressure, building and, and maintaining more fat, increasing your blood pressure, uh, your blood clotting, you are also decreasing your melatonin and increasing your inflammation. And I want to talk a little bit about DHEA that I mentioned before. Really long name. If you want to know what the name is, just Google it. It's a really long name. So DHEA is really important because it's the basis from which 
all of our male and female sex hormones are formed. And so the hormones I'm talking about are like testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, for example. And of course, these are really important hormones uh, for us to maintain at a, at a level that we need to perform bodily functions with it. And so if you've got decreased DHEA, which is happening because you've got increased insulin, you, if you're a bloke, actually, even if you're a female, because women have um, testosterone as well that we need. So you get decreased testosterone, you'll get decreased estrogen and decreased progesterone. And this, of course, will have health effects in those areas. For men, it'll be a decreased libido. And they can also get a development of breasts because um, they've got this imbalance in their hormones. And for women, it can lead to um, PMS. It can also lead to things like increased menopause symptoms. So it's really important to keep those hormones in balance. And those hormones, those sex hormones, are intricately linked to insulin. So it's so important that we look after our insulin production. And the way that we can do that is by regulating what we're eating and making sure that we're not constantly putting high carbohydrate and sugar processed foods into our body. Now, there was a really interesting study that came out that looked at People, these were actually people with diabetes, so they did have obviously already issues with their insulin and their glucose metabolism. So they had a group of people with diabetes that had meals three times a day, and the second group had six small meals. And the six small meals is much closer to the guidelines of the Diabetes Association at the moment. And interestingly, there's been quite a bit of research done in this area over the past uh, at least five to seven years, looking at meal frequency and timing. And of course, there's a whole bunch of research going on now with the intermittent fasting diet. And um, I might do some podcasts on intermittent fasting in the next uh, few weeks or so, because that's a really interesting area that's getting a lot of really good results. And I want to talk a little bit about who the people are that are kind of good candidates for that and who may be better off not doing that. Anyway, getting back to these two groups in this study. So yeah, they found, and they found this a number of times in different research, that three meals a day is much better for stabilizing insulin and glucose levels because when people, and, and I must put in here, they are meals that are low glycemic load. So they're low in sugar, low in carb. They're not causing a spike in insulin that comes when you have glucose that is absorbed really quickly through the intestines into the blood and spikes up the glucose and then you get a corresponding increase in the insulin release and that can make us feel a bit yuck if you if you've ever done that like I know I've done it I remember having um, a piece of chocolate cake in my previous job when I was in corporate I was out with one of the the women that I was working with and we shared a piece of chocolate cake and we both felt like horrible after that uh, that's when I was living in Sydney, I think, and we were driving back into Sydney City, just going, talking about how awful we felt and how much we regretted having this incredible looking chocolate cake. But anyway, so that's, that's what happens when you get this insulin release and that drops your blood glucose back. And so you end up getting a bit sweaty and just feeling a bit nauseated and feeling a bit just generally 
fatigued and awful. So having three meals a day, no snacks, versus having six more meals a day actually gets a better result in people with diabetes. And I'm pretty sure if I looked for it and I should do that, uh, that I'll find the same in people without diabetes in normal um, blood glucose um, people. Anyway, I hope that made sense. So yeah, I guess the, the take home here is we need to be responsible for looking after our insulin production in our bodies and we have control over that. And that's all about what we're eating and how much we're eating and making sure that we are regulating our weight. For many of us, it's, we know if we're eating food that's not so great for us and we know if we are starting to put on weight and that's always a good time then to reset and go, okay, I'm noticing that I'm putting on, my clothes might be getting a little bit tighter, um, so I need to do something about that. And often it's as simple as restricting meals to three times a day, making sure those meals are balanced well and aren't too heavy on carbs and sugar. And that will help you to maintain blood glucose levels and it will help you to maintain a healthy weight. So I hope that has been helpful. I've been trying particularly with these, this group of four podcasts I'm doing on weight management because I'm getting into the biochemistry of the body. I'm trying to keep them as simple and as short as I can so that you can assimilate this information and each episode will build on the next. So please feel free to leave me a review. I would love to hear from you or if you are interested in talking more about weight management with me, Please just give me a, a message through my socials. It's probably the easiest. Or go to my website, susiegarden.com, and you can contact me there. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.